0: Hello and welcome to episode two of Friends Who Trek Together podcast. We're going to be talking about the first three episodes of Star Trek Voyager today. Uh, As we discussed in our first episode of the podcast, we will be watching Star Trek Voyager for, it's Sarah's first time ever watching Star Trek. And I am Carmen, I've been a Star Trek fan for many years, but I have never watched all of Voyager and I've never watched it straight through and it's been a long time since I've watched any of Voyager so some of it is kind of new for me as well but before we get into Voyager uh how was your week Sarah?
1: It was great I guess I didn't really
0: do anything other than like play Zelda and watch Star Trek but it was great that sounds good. I did a lot this week for the first time in what feels like a long time. I think it's the first time I can say I had a great week since the pandemic started <laughs> taking hold back in March. I, I was traveling this week. I went to a friend's wedding. How's that? I, Well, it was not bad. I was really <laughs> nervous about it and I wasn't sure I was going to go until really after the RSVP buy date. Because uh, I was debating, like, this is a bad idea. I shouldn't go shouldn't go to weddings. But my two friends who are getting married have been together for 12 years. And they're finally getting married. And I felt like, I gotta go to this wedding. So some other reasons that I thought it was going to be okay was... It wasn't someone in my family. So it wasn't like my whole family was going <laughs> to be there. Yeah. And everyone be trying to talk to me and hug me and all that. Another really good friend of mine was invited... This friend is already on my short list of people who I'm not, like, distancing so much around, so I thought, okay, well, I already have someone that we can travel together, and I've already been around her, and that'll be okay, and then at the wedding, you know, we'll at least have each other to kind of hang out with if we're trying to stay away from everyone else. I figured there wouldn't be a lot of other people there that I knew, because most of the people who would be there that I knew would be not so eager to travel, and the friend that I was traveling with was very willing to do, like, camping and outdoors activities, like hiking, on the way there and on the way back. So we could make a trip out of it, but it would be kind of a safer-feeling trip, and that's what we did. Like an isolation vacation? Yeah, yeah. So we, we camped. Three nights and we did hiking and outdoor stuff and then we went to the wedding uh, we stayed in the hotel the night before and the night of the wedding and the wedding was in gardens and so a lot of the time we were just kind of wandering around in the gardens looking at everything it was really pretty and staying away from people and it, it just it felt like this is probably about as safe as you can get. So I felt pretty good about it. And here's what was really great about this wedding. So <laughs> these <laughs> these are uh, some astronomy friends. Um, and so they had actually an astronomy and sci-fi themed wedding. So it was really fun. It felt very um, personalized. They didn't have like the regular wedding march. They actually used music from... Um, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars <laughs> and for things like that. And I thought that was really great. They had a few Star Trek things in their wedding. The cake, or the there were two cakes, right? The big tiered cake had the Enterprise on top, as well as Serenity from Firefly. I love that. That's very cute. And the cake toppers were on this little levitating platform that was spinning wow yeah they were levitating and flying and it was like spinning on top of the cake (laughs) it was so cool and the cake was painted like a galaxy or like a nebula and then the other cake had the federation seal on it so it was a star trek star trek weekend yeah yeah and there were other little like uh, references to Star Trek here and there throughout the wedding, so it was just really fun, for me, <laughs> really satisfying to see all the astronomy and all the sci-fi that was incorporated into it. So it was really nice, and I was I ended up being really glad that I went. Even down to when we were leaving, I was unsure. I was thinking, once I'm out there, you know, I can't just <laughs> run home and and curl up in a ball. So. Uh, but it ended up going really well, and I'm really glad that I went and had a good time, because I really needed to yeah. have a little isolation vacation.
1: I love that story. I love those I, Those cakes sound great.
0: <laughs> They're good cakes, and they were Star Trek cakes, and it was, it was awesome. <laughs> um, okay, let me get out my notes, and we can start talking about Voyager. I did take notes. I wasn't kidding when I said I would do that. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't think I was.
1: <laughs> I also took probably not as many notes as you did, but I definitely wrote stuff down. Some of it was just,
0: you know, yikes. <laughs> but Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't I, all that, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there were some time. I don't think I wrote the words yikes, but I definitely wrote down uh, notes. So what I was writing during the episode, because I didn't want to, like, sit there and, and write out long notes, so I wrote, like key words or phrases and mm-hmm. uh, I knew that I could go and, and look more into it and take more notes later. I could do research later. Um, but I definitely wrote down things that made me go yikes. Also the, the second that the episode started I realized oh I meant to tell her about some of this other stuff that she's not going to know about and maybe I should have told her about that. <laughs> 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 I meant to, to give you a little more background and I didn't so, did were you able to kind of figure out what the Maquis are? Did that make sense? Yeah, I think I could mostly. It I it was explained enough to where like
1: I could figure out what was happening. One of the okay. questions I wrote down though, what was like, should I know who the Maquis and the Cassidians, K- K- Cardassians, uh, Cardassians, Cardassians? I was just kind of like, should I know who these people? And not and not even should I know. But, like, would someone who has watched more Star Trek than Mm we know this, is this, like, a callback?
0: Yeah, the Maquis are introduced first in an episode of Deep Space Nine, and then we have Mm -hmm. quite a few Maquis episodes in Deep Space Nine and Next Generation. And then, of course, Voyager, they're sort of a key component. We don't really deal with the Maquis really, Throughout Mm -hmm. the rest of the show, because now that they're stranded in the Delta Quadrant, they're not really part of the Maquis anymore. But they have this Maquis background and, you know, the ship is obviously divided into like the Maquis crew and the non-Maquis crew. I don't know if you noticed, but on their collars, they have these little buttons that show their rank. And I don't know why, but for some reason, even though they're like, all right, we're having the Maquis crew be a part of our crew, they have different looking buttons hmm. on their collar. And maybe that's because they're, like, only halfway Starfleet officers, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they have different... So that's how you can tell. Actually, that's probably why they did that, is so that people watching the tell. show can tell at a glance. Is, so you don't have to be keeping track in your head of who is Maquis, or who was originally Maquis, and who wasn't. Yeah. The Cardassians... I, they're they're often seen as like bad guys. They're not part of the Federation, and they don't have the best relationship with the Federation. So, the Maquis formed when, and I think this was explained pretty well in the episode. But the Maquis formed when the there were Federation citizens living on planets that were basically given to the Cardassians by the Federation. And people who are living on those settlements on those planets were like well what the hell we don't <laughs> we don't want to leave <laughs> like this is, these are our homes and we don't agree with this you know we don't consent to you just saying all right whatever these planets can go to the Cardassians and then we'll get these other planets mm-hmm. and so they stayed and then the Cardassians were cruel to them and so they, are fighting the Cardassians and they're portrayed uh, across the three 90s Trek series. They're portrayed sometimes like they're just people just trying to live their lives and then they're also portrayed as terrorists because they do terrorist things. Um, and you see a bit of that in this episode. So that's that's a bit of the Maquis background.
1: So the Cardassians... Are, like, not super tight with the Federation, but they are still, like, allies then?
0: Not allies, but, like, they're not at war with the Federation. But then this war breaks out and the Cardassians make themselves the enemies of the Federation. Got it. Um, But that's later. That should be later after... The Voyager has been lost, and you know people yeah. don't know what happened so to Voyager. So hasn't happened yet. Yeah, yeah. But even before the war, there's probably there's a lot of tension and like going back and forth. But there are peace treaties between the Federation yeah. and the Cardassians that do establish which planets are whose. One question
1: that came up for me kind of early on, um, when when we like arrive at the Federation prison camps, was. Like, how is the Federation treated in-universe? Like, are they, like,
0: problematized at all? That's a really good question. In the original series, I think Mm -hmm. the idea... What Gene Roddenberry really wanted was the Federation to be this really good and benevolent thing. But I think it just falls apart. You just can't have a perfect utopian society. And so... um, they they end up showing some of the federation's flaws eventually and you see how uh, they're not really perfect they do have problems and they are broken <laughs> mhm i guess you noticed that in the pilot episode we visited deep space 9 yeah <laughs> and i was i was very excited about that it was all too brief it was very <laughs> <laughs> It was a very quick visit, but we did see the one character who you recognized from the picture of the Deep Space 9 cast, right? We Dude. did and
1: actually. <laughs> so, I'm ready to talk about this scene, but after it happened, I I recognized him, but I guess I forgot that uh-huh. I like saw him in Deep Space 9 like in when we were having that conversation. And I was like, oh, I hope we, like, talk about this more. And then I realized that I was wrong and that he was from Space Nine and that we were not going to deal with the, like, <laughs> racism that happened. Like, <laughs> a whole lot more.
0: Um, uh, no, we can totally talk about Quark. Yeah. For sure. The
1: Ferengi. In that scene, I guess, we'll. He, He's what? He's, like, he works at a bar?
0: He was talking He's to... A, yeah. He owns the bar. On, yeah. Or he owns a bar on Deep Space mm-hmm. Nine. And he was, like, trying to
1: sell some stuff, and then Paris rolls in, and is like, you gotta watch out. Didn't they teach you about the Ferengi and, like, whatever so their, like, school, late like whatever their thing is? Mm-hmm. And... It was just not, you know, not great. Like, oh yeah, they're all a bunch of grifters. And then he was a grifter, which is not great. <laughs> it kind of made it worse. So I was kind of like, alright, like, he's gonna like be with them, right? So we're gonna like we're gonna deal with this, right? And it is not dealt with. So a question that I had was like, mm-hmm. how is that handled in other in other series? And just, like, tell me about Quark, I guess. Do you mean, like, how are the Ferengi handled? Yeah. Or,
0: like, like yeah. Like, how are they
1: treated generally? <laughs> like, is Paris
0: particularly, mm. like, gross? Or is that actually a general thing? Oh, uh, well, as for Paris, I don't remember enough about how I felt about his character mm-hmm. so far with the episodes we've watched, I <laughs> am—I'm <laughs> not loving him. I remember liking him okay when I watched it before, but not—he wasn't like a particular. I don't really remember having particular any particular favorite from Voyager, <laughs> but um, I'm hoping he gets better. It is true in maybe more so in Deep Space Nine, the Next Generation, but the characters have dramatic. Changes Like, they start out... I mean, my favorite Deep Space Nine character is Dr. Bashir. And he is pretty awful in the beginning of the show. I mean, people don't like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, he changes a lot. And a lot of the characters in Deep Space Nine change a lot. And I'm hoping that's going to happen in Voyager. But I don't know okay. for sure. And I don't know <laughs> to what extent. I do think some of the idea behind Paris's character is that he will change, and he will grow, and he will be less gross. Okay, eventually. I can't feel like
1: a good like character development yeah. arc.
0: Yeah, me too. So that's that's what I'm hoping happens. Now, I I would love to talk about the Ferengi and Quark because, <laughs> of course, that's a Deep Space Nine thing, and that's my favorite thing to talk about. The Ferengi are are weird and hard to like in Deep Space Nine, but if you do the work if you pay attention and if you listen to them you realize that they're really discriminated against and really uh, misunderstood and actually that's kind of one of the tells that the federation and starfleet are not perfect you know they're supposed to be this perfect utopia thing they've met all these other aliens and cultures and they're over racism and all of this. But then you see how they treat the Ferengi in Deep Space Nine, and maybe at the surface you think, well, yeah, because the Ferengi are really nasty, and they are, are only care about money. But the, the Federation are also at fault, and humans, humans, as the Ferengi call them, <laughs> and and Starfleet are at fault. They do not try to understand Ferengi customs and culture. You know, they think they're better than the Ferengi, but they're not. We're not yeah. better than the Ferengi. The Ferengi in in Deep Space Nine, they're they're just they're very interesting characters because at first you don't want to like them, but then you realize that you do. One of the things that I remember from being much younger, like when Deep Space Nine was originally on the air, is the Ferengi. I don't really remember them as individuals or their names or anything, but I remember them. I remember knowing. I remember what they look like and all that. And I remember that my mom didn't like them. And now, I think, oh, but it, a lot of people don't like the Ferengi because they don't give them a chance. Yeah, they don't. So that was a really that was a really quick scene. It was too quick. I would have liked to have stayed on Deep Space Nine longer, but uh, they had to go. <laughs> rescue the Maquis ship and and Tuvok. And I thought there was a little problem. Well, maybe there were a few little problems with the plot. And one of them was, so the Maquis ship gets thrown to wherever. And then Voyager goes, and maybe there's something I missed, but Voyager goes to the same place and the same exact thing happens to Voyager. I don't. I didn't really understand why the same exact thing happened to Voyager.
1: Because it does seem like it's he's kind of like reaching randomly.
0: That's what. That's once they were there and they were figuring out what he was doing, it seemed like he was like just like randomly picking ships, Mm -hmm. Um, and it didn't. They didn't have to be in a specific location or anything. But maybe that's not the case. Maybe we'll find out more about this. Yeah later in the series i don't know that we will i kind of hope that we will because i didn't quite understand that but i guess it the plot wouldn't have worked if they didn't get pulled to the same mm-hmm. place the same way the first ship got pulled. i'm hoping we meet the like other caretaker the other caretaker i am too yeah i hope so i wonder why that other caretaker just left Uh, By the way, I was really glad we talked about the prime directive in episode (laughs) one because that turned out to be very important in the pilot and then also one of the other episodes that we watched. So the way that it becomes important in the pilot is they realize that the caretaker, who's come from another galaxy, so this is actually one of these rare instances where we encounter aliens from another galaxy outside the Milky Way, That doesn't happen very often, but here's one of those instances. And so this alien has come to this galaxy somehow for some reason and somehow causes some kind of problem for the Ocampa and then feels responsible for taking care of them. Mm -hmm. So the Federation's prime directive says don't interfere at all. But what happens if you accidentally interfere? I, and, and I think the answer there is that if you can, you're supposed to reverse what you've done, which probably wasn't possible in this situation and probably isn't possible normally, although it, it was possible in uh, one of the other episodes mm-hmm. that we'll talk about. Anyway, he feels responsible, and he decides he's going to do whatever he can to, like, protect them. And so he's dying... And he's trying to find someone else who can take over his his role. And then when he dies, I'm trying to remember exactly how this plays out. It's now been a week since I've watched this. And a lot happened between yeah. watching it and that.
1: I um, wrote a lot down about this episode, <laughs> but nothing about like what actually happened. I just wrote like... <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, same same for me. So, But there's a moment there when... Uh, when Tuvok says, we can't do whatever we're about to do because the Prime Directive, because of the Prime Directive. And she yeah. says, it's too late. We're already involved. Yeah. So we're going to do this thing. And I think it, it was because they were sealed underground. They blow up that ship that they he's blow on. Up, right. They blow up the array. The, the uh, array. Yeah. It's a ship or like space station like thing. Yeah. So the Kazon
1: can't get it, who I want to talk about some more also, slash I have questions about. So I
0: think they, they ended up sealing, resealing the Ocampa so the Kazon can't get to them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Maybe is what they did. But anyway, they had to contend with what the Prime Directive says. Mm -hmm. And uh, Janeway decided, I guess she decided the Prime Directive doesn't exactly apply (laughs) here. We're already involved, so we're just going to go ahead and do this thing. And they were, like, forcibly involved. Yeah. And, like... They didn't want to be involved. Yeah. Which,
1: wow, when I figured out what was happening... (laughs) 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 Um, But anyway, we'll get to that, too.
0: Yeah. So, the Kazon. What did you want to say about them? (sighs) So... I didn't
1: love the character design
0: for them. It was oh, yeah. very like. The look.
1: Yeah, it was very just like, you know, the Ocampa are like sophisticated and mm-hmm. technologically advanced, and then they're like these like violent brutes who are just here to like, you know, attack the like soft intellectuals. Um, yeah. But, well. One question that I'm gonna ha- like want you to answer after I'm done saying whatever I'm gonna say is, I want to know more about like them. If you know more about them from other the Kazon, like, yeah. Well, because no, my oh, okay.
0: well, because remember they're in a part of the galaxy no one's ever been to. Right. They don't the Akama and the Kazon don't show up in anything else. But right. the Kazon, one thing I do know about Voyagers, the Kazon do uh, show up again. So we're gonna we get more definitely of that. interact with the Kazon more. Uh, I I don't I don't think we interact with the Okampa more other than Kess mm-hmm. being on the ship. Yeah. But uh, the Kazon definitely we'll see again. I think a lot. Yeah. So from
1: watching it, like we they don't really talk about how they're on that planet, right?
0: In that episode, how the Kazon are on the yeah. the planet, the same planet as the Ocampa? Yeah.
1: Because my reaction was so the caretaker and like his people. Like, mm-hmm. destroyed the environment of this planet and made yeah. it unlivable. And he's trying really hard to take care of the Okampa. And the Kazon are just, like, mm. like out, stranded without any, like, means of surviving. And I can't, like, why does he only care about them? Because by destroying the planet, he, like, hurt, they hurt everyone?
0: I think that the Kazon have another home world, okay. I think. Okay. We'll see if this is true or not. But I think that they have another homeworld, and I don't. Rec- I don't recall how they came to be on that planet. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm wondering because I think they have like spaceships and stuff. So I'm wondering if they're, if the ones we saw, the ones we met mm-hmm. there, are stuck on that planet or not? Because it seems like they wouldn't be, if if they're yeah. if they have spaceships that, that they could leave, and they're there for some other reason like they're there just Mm because it's a good place to have a base location um I'm not sure but I know I know that there are Kazon with like spaceships and stuff
1: okay so like I just want to know more than like than (laughs) Arthur because at this point it just seems like they're just like scary mean people who yeah don't deserve water which also that scene where they're like here we brought you water yeah. and then they destroy it in front of them seemed really like exceptionally cruel even like yeah to these to like villains right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that's mostly all i have to say about them i was i want to know more if they're like a colonizing force who like rolled in recently and are just like yeah, hurting I guess people, that's one thing if they're like,
0: I guess we'll not, have to wait and see. Because, yeah, within the pilot, <laughs> they don't really give us a lot of very good reasons to hate them. Yeah. <laughs> or to think that they don't deserve uh, humanitarian aid, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> uh, so we'll see. I I know they come up again, but I don't remember what else we learn about them, what else we're supposed mm-hmm. to know about them. So we'll have to, I know we'll definitely talk about the on more. I guess we'll have to wait to say much more. Do you have any other questions about them that I probably can't answer?
1: <laughs> That's all that I have about them. Okay. It's just like, do we know more?
0: I don't at this time. So we'll, we'll see what happens as we keep watching. So other questions. Maybe we can just go through your your questions. Okay, Maybe that's a well, good way.
1: I'll start with an earlier statement that I have when Paris at the very beginning. I think this oh, is okay. like before the like
0: this, is the this scene what you texted Quark? me about? So you, I text you texted. You texted me when you started <laughs> and you were like, I'm twelve minutes in and I already have so much or something like that.
1: So <laughs> this actually I texted you after the scene with Quark.
0: But that was because there
1: had been, like, multiple things. Yeah. Paris rolls into the ship and immediately, like, sexually harasses that woman. Yeah. And when she rejects him, he's just kind of like, oh, I thought your kind were sensual. (laughs) Which, wow, bro. And then, and then she dies and he gets her job?
0: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah.
1: What a a piece of writing, man. Yeah. (laughs) I do think... We're probably not supposed to like him at this point. At this point, yeah. I just really wanted him to get like punched in the face once, mm-hmm. and also like like the night. Honestly, if we're not supposed to like him, that's something because I feel like the '90s was full of like like sec- characters who would like sexually harass women as like jokes. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like, it's not unexpected, and hopefully, he's going to have like an arc. But, wow, in that moment, I really wanted him to get punched. Um, so that happened, and then the thing happened with the Ferengi, and I was mm-hmm. like, this guy is a jerk.
0: Yeah, as I said, I'm not liking him a whole lot yet. And yeah. I'm, <laughs> but I remember <laughs> liking him okay, so I, I hope he He'll gets probably, better. Like, I think he get better. probably gets better.
1: What's Latinum?
0: Oh, Latinum is basically just a currency. I, it's, oh, okay. I think it's Money. a material that they made up. I believe they created it in Deep Space Nine so that the Ferengi would have a currency, since the Ferengis, they all care about money and uh, capitalism and all of that, so they needed a currency. The Federation and Earth doesn't... They've done away with money and currency. This is less of a
1: question than a statement, and I Mm -hmm. didn't mean this to, like, turn into the Paris bashing hour, but... (laughs) um, (laughs) There's a moment when he is about to rescue Chakote, where he was like, oh, you're going to like owe me your life, right? Isn't that some sort of Indian custom? <laughs> Which I had to
0: pause and rewind because what? Uh, OK. Um. OK, well, <laughs> so this is the perfect segue because I think the biggest thing that we need to talk about now right out of the gate is Chakote. And that <laughs> character and his his whole thing because it's it's a it's a swing and a big miss and I think he's going to give us a lot to cringe over over the course of this series unfortunately. So Chocote is a Native American character, and uh, wh- when I was uh, thinking about how I wanted to talk about him in this episode, I thought. Okay, let me split him up to, into, like, what's good about him and what's bad about him. So, the only good thing is there aren't... There isn't a lot of Native American representation in sci-fi film and TV. He is one of the few, one, one of the first, I think. Um, there, so, that was good. Star Trek is always trying to be diverse, and so that was an effort... To, to be diverse, and, um, and that was good, but they did it all terribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> He's not played by a Native American. He's not written, wasn't created by Native Americans. And the people behind Voyager consulted with someone to write this character, and the person that they consulted with is someone who pretended to be Native American, Oh, no. So I think his name is, well, his name, his birth name was Jackie Marks. And he, at some point, changed his name to, I think it's pronounced, I, don't, I guess it doesn't really matter how it's pronounced because I think it's just made up, but I think it's Jamaka Jamaica Highwater, something like that. And he is just a person who pretended to be Native American and wrote books and... Did all sorts of stuff under the premise that he was Native American. One of the things he did, unfortunately, was be a consultant for the people writing this character on Voyager. So, that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. It kind of just ruins the character altogether. That's a shame. It's really a shame. I, I don't know, I don't know what we can say. I, I don't know. <laughs> It's, uh, it's really, really sad, and it's such a shame because it, it would have been a really good place to have real Native American representation. Uh, one of the things, by the way, that is a problem with this character is they don't give him any specific culture. He is um, blanket Native American. I think... I think. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll keep watching and I'll be proven wrong, but from what... You know, I did look on. Um, Memory Alpha is the mm-hmm. the Star Trek Wikipedia site and uh, and stuff like that. And I don't think they 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 suggest a few that he may be, but they don't ever just pick one. Uh, and I have a problem with this because there are many Native American cultures found in North America, and you can't just be. Blanket Native American Mm -hmm. I think they were hoping to Make all Native Americans feel Included by doing this But I don't think That it works like that Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't think Picking one would necessarily Make others Feel excluded I think that would have been a better way To go about creating this character Because in reality You're You know you have your your culture, you're not just everything, all bundled yeah. into one.
1: I I'm trying not to like read ahead too much, but I looked it up and what I saw also was just like like one place suggested like Hopi and Sue, which
0: there like doesn't It doesn't make sense, right? Because they're not no yeah well, and so to be fair, you could certainly be. Of mixed, yeah, of uh, course, of course. You know, you could have parents from from different cultures, right? But uh, that's not what they're. That's not what they did. No. <laughs> that's not. That's not the case. No. Um, here, they don't know. <laughs> they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't put any. I was gonna say
1: they didn't put any thought into it, but like they put a little bit in, and it was bad. Oh,
0: I think we're gonna get.
1: So at this point, I haven't like really reached any of the really like terrible stuff.
0: Well, the so the Paris thing, the interaction with Paris, I'm pretty sure that was written to as a way of establishing his Native American customs. Yeah. But it didn't make any sense. I just took that
1: as like Paris not caring and making it up. Like I didn't think that was supposed mm-hmm. to be real. I thought he was just being like, oh, is that was, some like mm-hmm. one of your like customs? <laughs> um, as a way to indicate to us that he was native without, and that like Paris is mm-hmm. a jerk.
0: I think, to Paris's credit, I think that was something they made him say to try to help flesh out that Native American aspect and that it's supposed to be some like universal. Native American thing that if someone saves your life, then oh, your no. life then you like belongs are, oh. to them or whatever wording they used was really bizarre and uncomfortable and it it was oh, it's so bad it's so bad yeah
1: <sighs> yeah I had to like pause and rewind because I was so like flabbergasted by that scene
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm I'm worried about because I know they're going to be, like, Chakotay episodes, right? Like, that's how yeah. Star Trek works. You're going to get episodes that are with everybody or, like, episodes where, like, a few people are the main, and you're going to get the, like, character-specific episodes, and I know we're going to get more Chakotay and Native American culture episodes, and they're going to be bad. They're going to be bad. So, and by the way, Jam- Jamaka High Water. Or whatever his name is at the time that voyager was created and was on air it was already known that he was a fraud but no that's even worse (laughs) i guess he denied that he was a fraud and so then you know some people believed him and some people didn't But if you go and find out more about him, you'll see it's very clear that his parents were European and he's not. there's no Native American heritage there. And that that had pretty much been revealed by that time. There were just people who, I guess, chose to not believe that and and just believe whatever Mm -hmm. he said. So, yes, that makes it worse. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) This character is going to be a problem. That's all I can say. I think it's going to be unpleasant and i hope the other characters will make up for it i think there are gonna be Mm -hmm. some good characters and we've dwelled a lot on the problem characters in this episode which is a shame maybe we should talk about one that we like now (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
1: you know who i love so I actually love I really like almost all of the women in the like mm-hmm. crew. Okay, okay. And I also love the doctor. Oh yes, thank you. <laughs> so much. I love well, him.
0: Well here's a here's a fun fact about Voyager. Well, okay, first of all, did you watch the title sequence or yeah. did you just skip it? I watched it. Okay. How did you like the title sequence?
1: I don't <laughs> I don't know. It was, <laughs> you don't you don't have thoughts? I don't really have thoughts. I remember at the very beginning being like, oh, I enjoy a title sequence. Okay. That's, And that was it. Um, okay. Because there's not, I like, what I'm thinking about, it, there's, it's just, like, the spaceship, like, flying, and there's, like, fire stuff.
0: Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> much it. Yeah. this The ship is just kind of flying through space, and it's mostly flying through things that somehow are visible and move around, mm-hmm. which is not the norm in space, but that's fine. It's pretty. It makes us feel things and the music is nice. But the reason I asked if you watch the title sequences, it has all the characters and actors' names and I was wondering if you noticed that there are three cast members named Robert. I did not. Wow. (laughs) There are three.
1: (laughs) Do you wanna guess?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you wanna guess which ones they are? (laughs) Paris. Yeah.
1: The doctor?
0: Yeah. And I'm trying
1: to like think I'm like forgetting character and Chicote?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Those are the three. <laughs> so the two people we don't like and one that we do. I I suspected that you would like that character, the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I like him a lot.
1: He's very funny. <laughs> and like just so like done all the time in a way <laughs> that I really enjoy. Um Yeah, the only other, like, thing I have in my brain about the intro is... So, I've been watching some of this with my roommate, Mm -hmm. and when Voyager, like, flew by, she was like, I don't like that ship. The Enterprise is a sexy ship, but that's not. (laughs) (laughs) So, that's all I think about when I think about the opening sequence. (laughs) Uh, Do you have a
0: favorite character from the show? I don't think that I do at this point. Not yet? I'm not... Sure. So I'm gonna wait and see. There's a there's another character, by the way, who has not been introduced yet. I don't know exactly Is she how like long the lady with the like. Yeah, eye thing. yeah. So I don't know how long we wait for her to come about, mm. but um, I think you'll like her. Yeah. Oh, you know who I do like. I mean, I do really like the Doctor and Captain Janeway, mm-hmm. but uh, I really like Tuvok. I just, I really like Vulcans.
1: I, like, forgot about him for some reason. Yeah, he's great. He's great. I really enjoy him, too.
0: I really like Vulcans. I just really like Vulcans. There's something very calming and reassuring about their emotionless logic, you know, and the way that they... To me, it's just, it's very calming and reassuring, and uh, I just like Vulcans, and Tuvok is one of the characters... (laughs) I guess the character that I was most looking forward to in Voyager. So he's, I'm just, I'm excited to see more about Tuvok. I just, I just like him. I just like Vulcans. Uh, How do you feel about (laughs) Neelix? I don't, I don't know. I don't like
1: hate him, but I, I don't really know what to feel about him at this point. Um. Yeah. He's like mildly annoying, but not terrible, yeah. I guess I want to know how like he ended up in a relationship with that lady, who whose name I with immediately Kes? forgot. Kes, how did yeah. that happen? I want that backstory.
0: I I don't know. Um, okay. How do you How do you feel about her character? <laughs> She's. So I said I
1: liked all of the like women in the crew because I forgot about her because she's kind of like forgettable. Yeah, I mean she's like really important in the last episode that we uh huh, la- right?
0: Which I, yeah, was, like, the, the last time episode? travel one. Yeah, it was the yeah. last one we watched.
1: Um, and she's fine, but like, mm-hmm. Janeway and Torres are just infinitely like,
0: yeah cooler. They're great. She's like nice. Yeah, I don't. Uh Yeah, I'm not all that interested in, in Kiss at the moment, uh, but I do really like Janeway and Taurus so far, and I remember really liking mm-hmm. them. So Taurus, by the way, is um, half Klingon, which was briefly mentioned. Yeah. Well, so. she
1: uh, there have been a few times where she'll, like, get kind of fiery and then be like, oh, my Klingon blood. Sorry about that, everyone. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know how I feel
0: about that well it's i like characters that are of mixed backgrounds because you know i am and you are too yeah 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 no i'm here for
1: having like mixed characters Mm -hmm. i want more of that for that reason in part right yeah um it's just specifically the like oh yeah that like blood of mine is just making me like well fly into rages
0: yeah, which is maybe like a Klingon
1: thing, right? But it feels
0: yes, yeah, for sure. You could totally be someone of a of mixed heritage and feel really comfortable with one of your halves and really uncomfortable with the other half. And I think that's the case for Belana, and I think that's okay. why she she's frustrated with her Klingon side. I don't know if I want to say ashamed, but maybe she's yeah. a little bit ashamed of it. She doesn't really like it. She's not comfortable with it. Um, Okay. So I'm hoping we see her come to terms with that a little better. I hope they do it in a good way. Yeah. I hope it doesn't. Yeah. And I think it will because Klingons are pretty well loved in the Star Trek universe. Okay. That's good.
1: Yeah. Cause like I get, like I like her a lot. Just, but I do hope that like that gets dealt with a little bit. Yeah. And dealt with well.
0: Yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask you because uh, when you texted me about how only 12 minutes in, you already had so many comments and questions or whatever, you mentioned Mm -hmm. uh, LGBT representation in the Star Trek universe. And I was wondering what made you think of that? Okay. So really there
1: are some moments where some characters have a lot of like chemistry. (laughs) So there, I'm going to go through this like series of like, not ships that I had, but, like, things that, like, went uh-huh. off. So at first I was like, oh, are Paris and Kim going to hook up? And then I was <laughs> like, oh, no, 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 Is Kim going to have a thing with Torres? And then I was like, wait, 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 what about mm. Torres and Jadeway? And then Jadeway and Chakotay. And then there's a point, like, so all of these, like, these were, like, just, like, a series of moments that happened. Yeah. Um. There was also a scene, and this, where... <laughs> Where Paris, like, went up to Kim and was like, you know, people are going to start pairing up soon, so we really have to get on that. And it was kind oh of my like, gosh. oh. <laughs> and then you realize that what he means is there are these sisters that he knows, yeah. and he wants Kim to, like, cheat on his girlfriend and help him, like, bag Ugh. one of these ladies, which is so not gross. great. Um, but, so this was, this was after that, like, 12 minutes. This was after, like, watching right. more. I just kind of got curious... About, like, whether or not it was going to, like, get gay at some point. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, what did you learn? Tell me what you learned. I learned
1: that, no. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> Full stop. Like, there's no canonically <laughs> like, gay character in did Voyager. You,
0: did you only look at Voyager, or did you look at other series? So, I found
1: on the, on StarTrek.com, your guide to queer identity and metaphor in Star Trek. Um, I ha- didn't read all of it. I've only skimmed it. Um, and this is, like, this is, like, like canonically, like, ex- like explicit, mm-hmm. I think. Right, right, right. Not just, like... Sure. Um, so I kind of... I, again, I don't know anything about Star Trek, and I'm skimming things, so, like... Right. I don't really know what I'm talking about, to be clear. But, um, I... This thing that I read talked about how, like, George Takei went up to Gene Roddenberry and was like, so hypothetically, like could we could we have this and gene Ronberry was like listen i can't do that right now because we'll get thrown off the air um Mm -hmm. and then i guess in like the like right before he died gene Ronberry was like yeah i i want to do that like i want us to have like lgbtq representation in star trek and then he died and then it like didn't happen and then it didn't happen much much later
0: that's um, that's interesting. But, okay.
1: Yeah. So as far as I can tell, based on what I've read, there's not, like, nothing in Voyager. And there's nothing really until, according to this, which, again, you know, like, it's not until very recent that they um, have a queer character.
0: Yeah. So, it's that's true. That It's true that, uh, I'm assuming not until discovery i guess but there are some moments i don't i guess it doesn't happen in voyager i'm gonna read this article that you mentioned and and see what things i might be forgetting but deep space nine i know very well at least one moment where they have a, a queer relationship very briefly so mm-hmm. here is what happens and i guess this is going to be a spoiler for you but it's fine because it's it it's not much of a spoiler so there's an episode where the character jedzia dax meets with a former love interest from a past life so dax is a trill and trills can they don't always but they can have these, they're called symbionts and they look like slugs, so they also sometimes call them slugs. They, they get put in them surgically, and the symbionts can keep moving from host to host, and then it would take all the memories that it has with the host onto its next life. Okay, okay, so she has the Dax symbiont, and it has the memories from all the lives that it lived before it was Jedzia. And um, so Jadzia encounters another Trill woman who has the symbiont that one of Jadzia's or one of Dax's former hosts was married to. Okay. So they're both in new bodies, but they're the same slugs from previous lives. And they're now both women. Okay. Okay. So they meet each other and... The thing is with trills, they're not supposed to get involved with people from their, like if you're married to someone in a past life, you're not supposed to marry them in your next life because you're supposed to have whole new experiences with each new life that you have. You can't just keep doing the same things with the same people. So when they meet at first, they're like, we're going to be totally professional. It's totally chill. It's going to be fine, but they can't handle it. They like they love each other, and they have unresolved issues because um, Dax's host, he died suddenly in an accident. So it was a very tragic end to their relationship, and mm-hmm. they definitely had some stuff that they couldn't work through. And now, of course, they're meeting again, even though they're in different bodies and they're different people. Of course, they still have all those memories of those former yeah. lives, and they're like we have this opportunity to talk about what happened and talk about our lives and they they start to do that and it brings up the old feelings and so they end up almost getting romantically involved and they do kiss in the show which is one of the first um, times that two women kiss each other on TV but they they don't end up remaining in a relationship because one of them decides, no, we can't do this. Like, we have to Mm -hmm. nip this in the bud. I'm going to leave, and we're going to live our separate lives. But the thing that's really great, I think, about the episode is Jadzia's, you know, fellow Starfleet officers and friends from the beginning of the episode are like, what's she going to do? How's she going to be able to handle this? Why can't they just pick up where they left off and have and you know be in love again and have their life so i just think the way that the other characters approached that was done a lot better than most shows at the time yeah for sure (laughs) and uh and that was really great but there is still a lot that deep space nine didn't do um there were never there there is a character one of my favorite characters on that show is um never said to be gay but the actor who played him says oh I definitely played him gay and in my mind he's gay and I think that is pretty much accepted as canon at this point but I I don't know if that's yeah true but I think all the fans accept it
1: as so in I'm like looking at this thing Mm -hmm. I was talking about and there is a section on Deep Space Nine that talks about Dax and Mm -hmm. about um, Garrick yes Garrick so
0: that's the one so yeah I I'll read this more in depth too uh, but what's another thing that I really admire about Deep Space 9 is uh, there is a documentary that came out was it just last year or was it year before last um, about Deep Space 9 great documentary and in the documentary one of the writers slash producers, uh, iris steven bear says we didn't do enough with uh, lgbt characters we should have done more and we might not have been allowed to but we didn't try and we should have and so mm-hmm. i just really appreciated him saying that in the documentary in my wildest dreams they bring back deep space nine in some way shape or form and there is a queer couple. Maybe it'll be Dr. Bashir and Garrick. I mean, they're doing that with Picard, right? So. They are. And I'd like to think, so. well, actually, that makes me think of something that I wanted to talk about in this podcast that I didn't think I would get to talk about. And that is news, brand new news about Star Trek Voyager. Oh. <laughs> so uh, it's maybe not exactly about Voyager, but Um, I got a notification on my phone uh, during the week about Kate Mulgrew, the actress who plays Captain Mm -hmm. Janeway, reprising her role as Captain Janeway for... So, last week we talked about how there are currently three Star Trek series. There's soon to be a fourth. Believe it or oh not, God. they're adding another one. There's going to be another animated series on Nickelodeon, so it's going to be a show geared towards kids. Um, and, yeah, I guess Captain Janeway will be in the show somehow. I don't okay. know how, because the show is apparently about a group of teenagers who somehow get a ship, and some abandoned ship, and then they go on adventures in the ship. So I don't know how Janeway comes into that Mm. but she does somehow so that's cool uh do you
1: want to hear about a really strong reaction i had to something in caretaker again yes when they reveal that the caretaker is kidnapping people so he can procreate oh yeah like oh yeah ew wow and also like we didn't know this at the time, but it made me think more about the scene. So there's the scene where all of the people he's taken are like lined up oh, yeah. and like the, lying like, in these like hosp- Yeah, scene. so like, in these hospital beds, like naked, and they get like stabbed with like a thing that's I guess taking like their biostats. Um, but like Janeway like moans in a re- in kind of weird way, which I felt I had a moment where I was like That's a choice. And then I moved on. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be, like... It was supposed to be, like, discomfort, right? Mm -hmm. But then to find out, like, when you get later on and realize that he's, like, trying to procreate, it just seemed like a weird, like... Yeah. Like, choice.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, now that I think about it, some alien who's come from another galaxy and has the kind of technology that can pull people across tens of thousands of light years... It seems like he would have better ways of doing whatever it was he was trying to do than just like stabbing a jumbo <laughs> stabbing needle like, like, yeah. in the chest. I, I don't know what exactly he was doing or what he needed, but it seems like he would have had a better way. I just, yeah. that is kind of odd.
1: I also wish we got more information about what was happening to the people who were like like getting sick after he like, yeah.
0: tested. What them. was that? What happened? <laughs> they never explain. Yeah.
1: So, like, why... So, I guess they got picked because they were the most... Or the, they were the uh, no, least co- my compatible? No, under,
0: my understanding so like, was that whatever he did to check for compatibility, some people react badly to it. Mm-hmm. And then he would send those people to be cared for. To get helped. Yeah, except they wouldn't really get any help because apparently... Well, and there's another weird thing. that Okampa couldn't help them, and that's one thing. He, he couldn't help them. And yet, as soon as they're back on the ship... They're fine. They've fixed them right up they're in a jiffy. They're like, oh, yeah, we got this. We'll fix you right up. But he, this, this really powerful extragalactic alien couldn't help them. Maybe it was another, like, he, thing where he chose not to help them because he didn't have time or whatever, which is why he wouldn't send Voyager back... Which doesn't seem like it, it does take that long. None of it makes sense. I mean, I'm sorry. This is like, <laughs> that, this is supposed to set up the premise. But the more I think about the caretaker and the way that all that played out, it doesn't really make sense to me. But ultimately, what they wanted to do was stick the ship somewhere far away yeah. from home, and then they're going to have adventures. And that's what they're doing now. Yeah. And, and so, f- I like, guess it doesn't really matter. But it, when I think about it, I just think this. I'm sure it could have been done much better in a way that also, would make a lot more sense. he's
1: just, like, a banjo-wielding old white man. Yeah. Like, which, who... Did they just, like, yeah. pick one person from the crew and it's, like, this person is the person we're gonna, like... Because it doesn't seem, like, just generally that that is a thing that the crew would relate to because it's very, like,
0: old-fashioned. Yeah. like I don't know. See, the more that we talk about it and the more I think about it, the less sense it makes. <laughs> uh, sorry, Voyager, but the pilot doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> but you you did what you wanted to do, I guess. Yeah. You, yeah. Your ship is uh, stranded very far from home I don't think they actually <laughs> mentioned in the episode how long it would take them to get home they said they were 70,000 light years away yeah from where they were maybe that's I think I said the number 70 I think I said 70 years maybe that's what mm-hmm. I was thinking of I don't know that that means it's 70 years I don't think they said how long it I would feel take like, so I don't I know feel like someone said
1: 75 but I also might have just read that when I was oh. like looking for other stuff I'm not okay. positive
0: that's yeah. I don't know. We'll see. they'll I'm sure they'll bring it up again. So, do you think they're gonna make it home? <sighs> so, when you were talking
1: about Janeway being in that like other thing, I was like, oh, is that like a spoiler?
0: Is she gonna come back?
1: Because <laughs> I thought it was gonna be live action, maybe, and she'd be. It would be like a she like mm-hmm. make an appearance on Picard, which mm-hmm. I guess doesn't make sense because it's. Are they all? Those are all happening kind of at the same time, right?
0: What? What what are?
1: Like, sorry, sorry. So the the three, like the 90s trio, are all happening at about the same time, so it would make sense if she got back that she could exist in the same time as Picard.
0: Yeah, they overlap. Uh, If she made it back, she could absolutely be around for the Picard series. Mm. But... If it's animated, then that doesn't help. So I don't know. Are they going to make it back? I guess we'll see. Are some of them going to make it back and some of them are going to die? Is that probably what's going to happen? I mean, I guess in theory, if they don't make it back, then yeah. while the Picard series is happening, they're still trying to get back. You know, like yeah. they're, they're all yeah. old and whatever, and they're still on the ship somewhere.
1: Yeah, it's just like Tuvok.
0: Yes, yeah, it's like, just Tuvok.
1: And the doctor? And the doctor,
0: yeah.
1: And he'll be there for the whole thing. God, someone forgets to turn him off.
0: <laughs> By the way, I don't know how old Tuvok is and they didn't mention it and I'm hoping mm-hmm. that we're going to find out. I'm not looking at I'm specifically not looking it up because I'm kind of hoping that we'll learn it in yeah. the in the series and that I'll I'll learn it that way. I don't know how old he is, but I think I don't think he's real old. I don't know. I I hope that they clear that up soon. I'm looking forward to the Tuvok-specific episodes, and I hope I keep liking him as much as I like him right now. Do you have other questions?
1: No, I think that's everything. It's funny. Okay. I, we watched, like, three stories, and I don't really have anything to say about the other ones other than, like, they're fine and I like them. I liked the, like, costume change in the last episode. I just, like, enjoyed the fact that there oh. was a costume change when they get into that, like, other place.
0: Yeah. And I did
1: enjoy Paris' like, weird relationship with that little boy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. That was cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I liked the costume change, and it's always so interesting when they... In any Star Trek series, when Mm -hmm. they interact with aliens, because nine times out of ten, the aliens are identical to humans. Yeah. And one of the ways that they make them seem different is they'll be dressed in, you know, some sort of... in whatever clothing, but then all the aliens on the planet wear Mm -hmm. the same thing, and you're like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But whatever, these are cool outfits, I guess, so that's fine. But... I did like those outfits. They were just yeah. kind of interesting. They had the the stripes, and there was clearly they had this, like corset situation. Yeah, they had happening. like a corset thing going on, and there's clearly a color palette that everyone had yeah. to use. You couldn't wear purple. Uh, let me look at my notes and see if there's anything I really want to mention. I I did have a little quick astronomy lesson. for you that uh, it's not exactly episode specific I think I thought of it during the second episode uh, but it happens in like every episode of 90s Star Trek um, and other Star Treks I guess it doesn't happen in the original series because they don't have very many windows on the Enterprise or at least you don't see them in the show Mm -hmm. but in the 90s Trek series there are windows on all the ships and you see windows in the background all the time and the stars are visible in the windows and when they're at warp speed they have the cool little like rainbow streaky mm-hmm. thing going on. Here's the thing. Uh, if you're in a brightly lit room and there's it's nighttime outside or you're in space, it's very dark on the other side of that window and you can, you wouldn't be able to see the stars. It does like <laughs> try you can try this in your home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or next time you're uh out In a dark location where you can actually see the stars at night, you can turn on all the lights in your house or your building, open the windows wide up, it will just look pitch black. If you turn the lights out, then you can see the stars. You will not see them with the lights on because they are much dimmer than the bright lights inside your house. So it doesn't make sense that you can see stars through the windows, I think... (laughs) You can you can come up with a weird explanation for this that they have technology that somehow allows the stars to be visible through the windows, which by the way are not made of glass. They would I th- believe be made of transparent aluminum, which is a, a Star Trek thing. But presumably, um, all the windows are made of transparent aluminum or some similarly mm-hmm. made up thing technology that we don't have in this century um and maybe through these other things somehow you can see the stars i, I don't know but that shouldn't happen that wouldn't happen oh here's I'll, I'll ask you this this is a question i wrote down i'll ask you and see if you can come up with an answer why would Kess and Neelix want to go with them water Water. That's it. That's I don't They're know. They're just like, like there's water on the ship, so we're gonna <laughs> hang out here. <laughs> he seems to care a lot about that, but also, I guess
1: like I don't like what Neelix isn't really doing anything other than like trying to get water. He seems like is by himself, yeah. and Kes is not clearly not having a great time because she wanted to leave and felt trapped. Yeah. So, like this is an opportunity for her to like not be trapped and to like get out and see yeah, the galaxy, and then Neelix likes her, and doesn't have anything else going on. He gets to take baths, man. He loved the yeah. opportunity
0: to, like, take a bath. Oh, oh. Did you uh, notice that Harry plays the clarinet? I thought that I was cute. I thought that I was did. cute.
1: <laughs> that was very cute. It's
0: very sad that he
1: forgot his clarinet.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you but, still have
1: your clarinet? Uh, My clarinet is at my parents' house. I'm not Mm -hmm. quite sure where it is, but I know it was not thrown out. Uh, It's probably just,
0: like, in a closet somewhere. I haven't looked at it. So you wouldn't bring your clarinet with you to space? No. I would not bring my clarinet to space. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I think that's all I've got to say about the first three episodes. I'm going to go watch the next three, probably right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, it's funny. I don't
1: really have a lot to say about the second two, but they were like still fun. So I'm kind I'm excited of moving forward. I complained a lot about the first episode, but yeah. like, it was fine. It was a pilot. Uh, I liked it a lot more than I sounded like I liked. Yeah,
0: it. Yeah, <laughs> I am maybe kind of the same. I it was all right. I, there are a lot of things that I don't like about it, and the more I think about it, the more I have problems with things that happened. But mm-hmm. uh, I could I could just pretend that it happened a whole different way and then just start yeah. from episode two and be like, all right, yeah, we're stuck out here in the Delta Quadrant. We're trying yeah. to get home, trying to find a way home. That's fine. So I'm still really interested to see what happens to the crew next so i guess we'll do that so we'll watch the next three episodes i don't think there are any two-parters coming up so we won't have to worry about that we'll just watch the next three and uh i'll i'll talk to you next week all right see you next week